I don't know. Have you ever scored from a corner, Karen? Have you ever oh, taken a corner? I've, I've never. Absolutely not. I only give them away. Okay, let's talk about the Irish boys. Keep up to date with the latest WSL action and the biggest interviews. Subscribe to the Koi Gig podcast stream on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. So many critics, these pundits. I absolutely adore them, lads. I have unbelievable time from, but they're, they're a great bunch, but it's not acceptable. I'd like to play the hard man when, when they're on. It's not very pleasant when you're trying to manage a team. All you're looking for is a bit of civility and a bit of decency, but they just dismiss you like, like you know, you have nothing to do with the bloody occasion. Do you remember last year when we were having this debate about the league and this possibility that the league could be taken from its home in the sort of depths of... Uh, like Winterfell-esque conditions and paste it into something like the, the southern reaches of Westeros and the, the nice sunny climes of, of summertime. Remember remember that conversation? Yeah. That, that, that was nice. But of course, there was uh, a lot of arguments against that. Proposal B is what we're talking about here. Uh, one of those reasons, one of those uh, very strong arguments that was put out there was that we can't have the league in the summer because of dead rubbers. The, the rubber that is dead... Uh, is is not a good thing for any competition because of course there are plenty of them in Gaelic games and um, and it'd be it'd be this stage of the, the oh league, this that we're we're into the business end I mean six and seven round yeah. six and seven of the league will be full of dead rubbers which will be meaningless games that no one will want to go and see mm. and you will not get full county grounds you will not have carnivals of football right around the country on a Saturday and Sunday. That will definitely not happen. You will not have meaningful football played in good conditions where relegation and promotion are on the line for almost every county in the country. No, the rubber is dead, you see. And uh, that's that's a shame and nobody will turn out. Uh, except we have uh, this uh, strange situation this year where you look at the league tables. It's not a strange situation. This is the case every year uh, where no one has made a league final yet. No one has been relegated. Uh, and honestly, this is a little bit extreme. But it's not that extreme. I did the sums last year. Dead rubbers aren't that uh, common in the National League. It's, it's, a, it's a very rare occurrence. But uh, this has been a particularly good instance of it. They're, they're, but Owen, what about those teams who won't be playing for Sam Maguire? What about those teams? They, their seasons are over. They have nothing to play for, Owen. What about those teams? The, the, that's the interesting argument now is that you know uh, Dublin would be playing for their right in the Sam Maguire at the moment which is an interesting one but considering they've been doing that for the, in the, the alternate universe they would have been doing that for the last few weeks anyway and I think so I, how, I, how I many, dare say things would have probably gone a little bit how many people are showing up to Croke Park it's, so let's say it's <laughs> like uh, mid-May mm-hmm. right let's say this is when it should be it should be mid-May who are those playing next? their last two games are Donegal and Monaghan I'm not quite sure what uh, the, the order is and so one of those games is in Croker and a chance to play in an All-Ireland last 16 is on the line yeah are you telling me you're not getting 45,000 at that no you're going to get 20,000 max that's all that we're ever we're only able to there's no financial involvement this this is not going to have any bearing on anything and so what they've played five games at the moment five five league games like five championship games is what that would have been and uh, that's possibly more than they will need to play this year to get to an All-Ireland semi-final or get to an All-Ireland final even even though they come through the biggest province but anyway, the league is good, is the bottom line here. And uh, the, these final couple of weeks are set up for uh, an unbelievable finish. But that 
it, it, it was ever thus with the National League over the last 10 years it has been excellent like it, kind of like the, the permutations that develop on the final day they'll start to develop this weekend as we go into the, to the proper business end of this year's National League and of course there's massive consequence in relation to into the championship when it comes to those Division 2 and Division 3 teams especially so at 32 uh, an on-mover in, in Waterford 31 uh, is Carlo 30 is Wicklow uh, they all lost at the weekend Wexford um, uh, they lost last week in their rescheduled game to tip but they got a win at the weekend to beat Waterford uh, by a point they were at number 29 London the bubble seems to have burst a little bit on the London Rising they're down to 28 they took a massive beating at the hands of Sligo at the weekend um, at 27 is Leitrim they're staying put there they beat Carlo at the weekend uh, and Sligo are down to 26 I'll explain that in a minute because there's a big riser in the mid-20s at the moment Longford are down to 25 they took a pretty heavy beating to Antrim after beating Westmead the previous week which looked like a significant result for this Longford team uh, kind of feels like a step forward and a step backward over the last fortnight for that team 24 is for Manor they lost to Louth and then that big riser as I mentioned is Tipperary uh, they're up to 23 could have possibly got a bigger bounce did consider bringing them into the top 20 I just want to kind of see how things go over the next little while they beat Cavan at the weekend if you missed it they beat them by 4 points uh, a huge win for them because it did look after that early start of the uh, season where they drew at Waterford and then got beaten by 8 points let's not forget by Leitrim it looked like Tipperary could be stuck in Division 4 for another year but that win against Sligo was a huge one and then beating Cavan which they kind of needed to do I feel uh, really puts them into that promotion picture so a few more wins and they'll definitely be into the top 20 again really turn things around at the moment it seems Tipperary Antrim as I say big win against Longford they're in at 22 Limerick staying put at 21 Cork one of the big fallers this week down to 20 lost to Mead by 8 points so it's Roscommon by 6 points a draw with Clare Derry by 9 points Galway by 8 points Mead by 8 points there's a pattern emerging here where Cork just aren't good enough to contend with the top teams in Division 2 at the moment and they are I think at this point a yo-yo team between Division 2 and 3 uh, for however long we see this league going in a couple of years time they will be uh, they'll make their place back in the the top couple of divisions but right now that's where they are Uh, Leash are up to 19th they beat Wicklow at the weekend uh, and Lau they've been very impressive throughout this league campaign Mickey Hart potentially finally getting his uh, fingerprints in this team uh, they're into 18 down uh, produced egg and uh, rubbed it in all of our faces from the quick picks last Friday we all predicted they would beat Offaly uh, at N- in Newry to be fair on Saturday but they got beaten by Offaly a great late comeback from Offaly to beat them by a point so down or down to 17th Kavanagh down to 16th not being punished too much uh, by that defeat to Tip at the weekend and Westmead are up to 15th after their win against Limerick responding well after the defeat to Longford the previous week Offaly then as I say that win against Down has brought them up to 14th and then Clare in at 13 Meath uh, I've put them back up to 12th uh, like I mean I didn't can't be ahead of Clare can they? I, uh, like they're not ahead of Clare on the league table as far as I'm aware but I think are they on the same points? Uh, they have to they've yet to play each other right. they've so yet to play each other so uh, I, I guess I'm probably nailing my colours to the mass on that one I do think the last couple of games have shown a better version of Meath like I mean they got trounced by Galway on, on the opening day of the league but they just stopped the rot against Down and Offaly and then got a big win against Cork Yeah the one thing is that um, their shot selection and their shot percentage was really low but they were clearly creating chances unless they were all pot shots from um, you know 60 yards which they weren't it was just oh. kicking really bad wides and so if that regresses to the mean they'll start putting up bigger scores which yeah. will give them an opportunity to win so like you know early season panic over a bit of a few wins the last two league games 
that's what you want to be bouncing into your championship, particularly this year. So, yeah, I definitely think things are, are a lot more positive in in the context of Mead after the weekend. Like you can't say we, we saw like amazing signs against Down and Offaly. Like they should be beating Down and Offaly in, in a all things being equal, and they only got draws against them. But I think that that win at the weekend feels like a little bit of a kickstart. I'm not saying they're they're going to um, win the Leinster Championship or anything like that, but you know they're not going to get relegated from Division Two if I was if I was calling it now, which um, which is probably better than we could have said a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Ross Common stay put at 11th. They drew with Derry, who are in at 10th. Look how that happens. 11 plays 10, and they end up drawing in the National League. It's almost as if these are the most uh, perfect, flawless power rankings ever. Derry again our top 10 do you see that Shane McGuigan red card at the end of the game that was <laughs> absolute madness I've never seen a player more angry in my life on a GEA pitch and he was dead right to be angry it was one of those moments where he was on a, a yellow card the first yellow card was a bit of a joke and he was attacking and naturally the uh, Ross Common man was, was holding him back but the referee booked him instead because of course he would be holding his man back to hold up his attack to go and get the winner and uh, he took his gloves off and he slammed them to the ground and he was fuming and rightly so and because he wasn't on the pitch then he didn't get the the, the last minute free to win the game for Derry and um, they missed it and it, was, it ended up being a draw so Derry still getting punished for not taking a pot shot at the end of last year's championship game it's like referee's like oh you're just going to play this out now <laughs> we know what you're like P- possibly like uh, it, it's interesting I think how um, highly we now rate this Derry team is that I looked at that result against Ross Common. And maybe it's in the context of them being down a, a lot early in that game. I was thinking, well, that's that's a disappointing result for Derry. Whereas a few years ago, you'd say, whereas Common, a younger team between Division 1 and 2, Derry would be doing well to be in that company. Whereas now, it kind of feels like it's a bit of a disappointment that Derry aren't beating Common. But they were just one kick of a ball away from beating them and coming coming back from behind. And all of a sudden, we're like, right, Derry are grinding results out on top of all of the quality that they're showing. I still back them to get promoted. Uh, because of our hot takes on the bank holiday situation at the start of the show we've kind of eaten into the time for this so we're going to have to fly through this and come back oh, to it in more apologies. detail a little bit later uh, Galway are in at number 9 uh, they beat Clare by 6 points at the weekend in the top 8 at uh, number 8 is Kildare down a couple of places Donegal down a couple of places into 7th Monaghan are rising into 6th after their win against Donegal at the weekend Tyrone are down to 5th Dublin uh, one of the biggest risers in the top page there they're up to 3 uh, sorry they're up 3 spots 2-4 uh, Armagh in a third Mayo are in at number two and Kerry are still at number one so no changes in the top three OK so what's the story with the dubs? The dubs I like. I mean I think that they are back to a certain extent I mean if they were back back they would have been in the, the top three Like a couple of things to keep an eye on from that game at the weekend I thought that Dublin got torn apart on a couple of occasions early in the season and while it looked really bad I thought that they were very fixable things when they were that bad surely the only way is up and one of the things that you're looking at is who's going to start in, in that full back line for them over the course of this summer at the weekend it was Keen Murphy Davy Byrne and Michael Fitzsimons Murphy only made his championship debut in 2020 um, I mean he, you've obviously got uh, Gannon coming off the bench in that position as well it's, it feels now as if Desi Farrell has a, a back three there which are reliable which aren't going to get opened up and just are, are hitting a bit of better form that if they played Armagh again in the morning or played Kerry again in the morning I don't think their weaknesses will be as as naked as they were in those first couple of weeks of the league the half forward line is also very interesting I think it's very strong uh, Scully Howard and then Bugler at 11 which uh, I think is a very very interesting line I think that they, they could give a half back down a lot of problems and then they had eight players in the score sheet as well on uh, on Sunday so that kind of says to me the system is working because you know players popping up into their into the position they're supposed to be picking up or in and around the D and taking their score and, and away you go and, and I think that that's 
I think that that's a really positive sign for them as well. I do think, and I, I, we probably don't have time for this one, but I do think that one of the... I, I think the Toronto story is as big as the Dublin story. Okay, well, hold that there. Yeah. Hold that thought, caller, and we will come back to it a little bit later on. It's two minutes past eight, but if you've got a view on the power rankings this week, we'd like to hear from you. Um, some teams have moved up quite a lot. Some teams have not moved down enough. We will come back to that a little bit later on. So we should go back to the power rankings very briefly. Patrick says, um, sorry, I missed that one. By Jesus, if you had West Mead ahead of Offaly, I was switching off, says John. A lot of pressure there, Owen. And Aina, a good Galway name, says, how are Galway ninth? Five games, five wins, and ninth. If Galway play Mayo in the morning, there's one or two points in it, but they are second. We beat Kildare for sure, he says. But I'd say that that's, that's obviously the key point. Like, if any of that top eight play Mayo in the morning I would suggest that there will be one or two points in it um, like I mean the only team that Mayo have beaten comfortably this year are Dublin and I think we've got to the stage already where we can write off that early season Dublin form as a little bit excessive in its grimness so I think that they're not five points worse than Mayo at this point it is one or two points so uh, give me another team who who wouldn't get within a couple of points of, of uh, Mayo is my point and I just don't think that Kildare have done enough wrong for them to be dropped below Galway I did consider it for sure but I guess Kildare a couple of weeks after beating Dublin to have them down outside the top eight would have been particularly harsh maybe next week though it'll be ancient history come, come next week we'll see if Kildare can, can take a battering that'll help me out yeah, but the, I don't think they're going to take a battering from anybody. No, they're not. The, the one thing I would say about Kildare is that it are a few of the uh, problems from the 2009-2010 era starting to creep up a little bit in terms of uh, wides, shot selection. Like, I think they did uh, 10 wides at the weekend. I think they had three very good goal chances. Now, in fairness, I think Derek Irwin was back at the weekend, took him off the bench, came on for, for Paddy Woodgate. So, all of a sudden himself... Uh, Jimmy Goals, can we call him Jimmy Goals? Is that a thing? No, uh, J- Jimmy Highland. Uh, that, that did not get a good response from Jared there. And um, and Daniel Flynn, that's a pretty good full forward line. So that's one way of remedying uh, your uh, lack of uh, good shot selection is have a very, very good full forward line. Uh, it doesn't mean everything. Like, I mean, Mayo, uh, for example, on Saturday night, I think struggled to get the ball into the right people's hands late in the game. It was Lee Keegan, obviously, who took that shot late in the game. Um, I didn't ask you about the matchups. Yeah, so this is interesting. So, like, just on on Mayo, like, I do think, and this is a wider point rather than just on the point of of Saturday, like, is Oshin Mullen marking David Clifford a complete waste? Did he mark him for the whole game? Not the whole game, but the majority of it. And who switched in? O'Hora. Right. Wouldn't that be much better? I think so. I think O'Hora would actually relish the chance of going 80 minutes with Clifford for the full thing. But then you get Oshin Mullen as a creator as well. Yeah, I I actually think it would be interesting if O'Shea was available to have put Mullen on O'Shea, see if he can push him back the other way. The only thing is, Mayor flush with with halfbacks, as we know. Uh, Obviously, it was Keegan who came up with that that, that, that late effort. And then you had uh, Paddy Durkin in the team as well. Or put put Keegan on. Clifford. Yeah, now obviously there are the ghosts of 2019 that haunt uh, Mayo people and the idea of Lee Keegan as a full-back, I suspect, given he got roasted by Conor Callaghan that day. But I, I would say that maybe Podrigo Hora is your central defender and maybe Keegan has that buffer of your full-back to his right or to his left. I just think uh, with Oshin Mullen and, and his particular set of talents, I think having him mark David Clifford was a bit of a waste. Clifford played well and maybe Mullen kept stopped him from exploding on the night. But I think that you're, you've got to accept that this guy's going to score a few points. You've got to think what what can we do to hurt you? Yeah, anything less than six is break even. Yeah. Anything between six and ten, you're doing okay. Yeah. Anything over ten, you got roasted. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably fair enough. Right, that is this week's power rankings. I absolutely adore them lads. I have unbelievable time for them, but they're, they're a great bunch, but it's not acceptable. 
OTB AM. With Gillette, get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. <laughs> 